Welcome to Speed Movie Minute, the podcast where we break down the 90s action classic speed one minute at a time. And where we always try to stay above 50. I'll be your SWAT officer, Roger Wistar. And I'm the wildcat behind the wheel, Bentley Michaels. Bentley, here we are. I mean, in a sense, this is this is this is a big week. This is kind of the last week of the movie. This is yeah, where the rest of the action, bummer. except for this amazing week of credits that we have coming up next week. But there's a lot that happens so in names. this week. Um, I was talking to Marcy, my wife, my wife, your wife, um, and those of us who have done movies by minutes podcast. A lot happens in five minutes of movie. We are going to finish the subway this week. And so we need a most excellent guest to help us break this down. A movies by minute podcast veteran of many things. You may have heard him on Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, Con Air, the podcast, or his own podcast, Movies, Films, and Flicks. It's Mark Hoffmeyer. How are you doing, Mark? Oh, I'm great. Uh, my emergency brake is broken, but that's fine. <laughs> is so, it because you smashed it with your fist to try to get it to work? <laughs> yes. I'm. This is, I slammed it as opposed to just pushing it. And so now, if you hear a jump and some screaming, that's me. But I got a really great rig, so we're gonna, don't, you know, we're, 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 we'll, you'll have the good audio, even though I'm screaming in pain. We're gonna talk about that, but like for what it's worth, like what a guy way to try to fix a problem. Just <laughs> hit it harder. Um, yeah. So this is minute 106 of Speed. We only have nine more to go. Um, this minute starts with Jack disarming the bomb vest with surprising ease. And it ends with Jack admitting sheepishly that he can't unlock Annie's handcuffs. You can get so, that bomb vest off, but he can't uh, can't do the the handcuffs, which you would think would be like the the easier version. Well, they aren't his handcuffs. <laughs> That's true. Speaking and of handcuffs, his, his Bentley, I hope I've handcuffed you with our pop quiz question, pop quiz hot check question from last Friday. <laughs> um. Which I know that Mark knows the answer to. So mm -hmm. I'm going to, like like some of our previous guests, I may force you to answer first, Bentley. Okay. So last, last Friday was, of course, the I'm taller scene with this amazing decapitation. That's true. And even though he's not involved in this movie... I was asking you a question about can you can you tell me the name of an of another Oscar nominated special effects artist best known for his work with puppets and masks and things like that, including the Terminator, Jurassic Park, Predator, The Thing, Iron Man. Um, who is this special effects artist of critical renown? Bentley. Oh, um, sorry. I got lost in your question. Uh, please ask it one more question. Please ask it one more time because I'm. Let I'm, me summarize I'm it for you confused. now that you're listening. Special <laughs> effects, masks and puppets, uh -huh. Terminator, Jurassic Park, Aliens, The Thing, Iron Man. Who's that? Who's that guy? Uh, for for this movie. Well, he's not in. No, he doesn't work on this movie. I've asked. I've given you some of his movies. I'm. I'm he's very well known. I know right. that Mark knows the answer to this question. Right. I. I Sorry, I'm I'm just I'm confused by so he doesn't work. What is the specific question? I'm so sorry. You want to let me try let you, me try you want to know you want to know a special effects guy, but I'm not I'm not clicking I'm not my brain isn't clicking the question. Can you tell me the name of the special effects artist who's won multiple Oscars for his work on movies such as Aliens, Terminator 2, Jurassic Park? Um, and he's done many other movies. What is the name of this uh, world-famous special effects artist? 
Okay. Thank you very much. Um, I've got two guys in my head. I'm going with Stan Winston. Okay, Mark, do you, what do you think? Yeah, that's it. Yes, that is correct. Well okay. done. We managed yeah. to hack our way through the syntax of that question. All of that will be edited right. out. <laughs> Again. We all feel like better people now, I think, after all of those. Like, I think we bonded over all those questions. Yeah. I was also <laughs> they were thinking... All the, the same question. My, my, my second <laughs> guess was, uh, Mark, uh, I believe that... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Troy... Baker, he did like Werewolf in London and that sort of—is that his name? It's, yeah, it's not. I, I want to say Troy. Baker. I think Baker it's is the Kenny, name. No, not Kenny. <laughs> Kenny Baker's Rick Baker. In Rick, Baker. Rick Baker. Rick Baker. Rick Baker. That's who you're thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he worked with Eddie Murphy on a lot of movies. He did yeah. his makeup. So yeah, I was thinking. Uh, to me, it was either Stan Winston or Rick Baker. But yeah, Stan Winston right? is sort of James Cameron's guy. But, okay. Um, like Michael sure. Michael J. Kino is uh, uh, J. J. Abrams's uh, guy. Oh, Michael Giacchino is everybody's guy these days. At least that's true. That way. He's he, a, he's right behind you right now, scoring this. <laughs> Sorry, he said he's everybody's guy. So I'm like, all right, there why you not? Go. Can I can I say something about this minute that we're talking about? No, yes. Mark, you don't mind me jumping in? No, absolutely not. So in '94, I was 12, and I I, I was I was already an action movie pro. I, I'd watched pretty much every action movie you could possibly watch. And I just wasn't used to the sort of sensitive hero yet. Like, I think Point Break showed it, Die Hard showed it, but I just wasn't too hip to it. So I remember watching this movie, 12 years old in the theater. And I just, when he, when he's like, I don't have a key, I don't have a key. When he says it really like sensitively, Keanu does. Yeah. It's, it kind of blew my mind a little bit. Like there's this very intimate, I love the handheld work. Like the cinematography in this, like the the Panavision cameras earned their money on this. Like I love how the gimbal and everything just made that that train shake. But it it's just watching that sensitive moment in a movie called Speed with things blowing up and just the two of them together. Yeah. It really sort of made me my twelve year old brain reconsider what action movies were. I just wasn't. I was used to Commando. I was used to Rambo three. And this watching in this minute that sensitive moment between them and how good they are together and the button smashing, I just I distinctly remember my twelve like just going wow like this is Keanu's awesome and so it's like Sandra Bullock I was like she's the best I don't even know where she's from but I like her and it just like I don't know I love the line delivery of Keanu like if you anybody who says he's not a good actor just show them this clip like he nails it like the it's 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 perfection so I'm glad that I'm on for these five minutes and I'm glad that we started with this because he's so they're so good in this scene. Yeah, it's really well done, and I feel that way about the whole rest of the week for the two of them. One of the things I love about that moment in this scene, and we've talked about this in previous minutes, Yanda Bont really likes to show things to the characters before he shows them to the audience. So when you watch that scene, like Sandra, uh, Annie's looking at Jack. Jack is looking down at Annie's waist because like, what he already knows what she doesn't know yet, which is that they're screwed. Because like he's like, oh no, and like the the way that he sells that with his face, I agree with you. Like it's tremendous. Yeah, and then just like I don't, I don't have a key. Just the way he read it, like that's a good line reading. And I, I think when people know what to do with Keanu, they they can really utilize his strengths. Like it's, you know, just oh, I love it. I mean, it makes me so happy this scene. And I mean, I, I forgot how great Sandra Bullock was. I know you've talked about her for 105 minutes, or yeah, but man, she like came out of a cannon in this movie. Yeah, she's uh, awesome. The the two of them, 
just watching her grab the wheel. I know that's way back and we'll, we'll stay focused on this one, but man, like this is, this is popcorn 1994, like beautiful summer action at its best. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind. Like, what are some of your, uh, did you re, I mean, besides the minutes, did you just rewatch the whole movie or did you just watch the minutes that we sent you? Yeah. So I rewatched the whole movie. Uh, I, what I were some of your things? Someone... How long had it been and that sort of stuff? Oh, wow. Um, Although I'm stepping on Roger's toes now because I'm excited. Probably 10, 10 years. Wow. Okay. 10, 10 years, maybe. Yeah. I would say something like that. Me as well. So like, it, it had definitely been probably since about 2007, 2008 since I'd watched it. And, like when I watched it again for the first time, like I don't have a great memory, which is why Roger's joke at the beginning, he goes, and you don't remember this question. I genuinely didn't. And we just recorded last week and I've listened to and edited the episodes that <laughs> where he asked me the question just yesterday and I still didn't remember it. But like watch it, it was kind of like the first time I was like, oh, right. That happens in this movie. And then this happened. Oh, Wow. Like the like the baby uh, the the baby buggy with like all the cans and stuff in it, like that. Like I was like, no 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 no. And then it happened. I was like, oh god, it was cans. It was just cans. There were cans. Oh. And the way she freaks out about it and the silliness just put the biggest smile on my face. Yeah, I gotta say that the two things jump in this movie. It's amazing. Like it's two giant jumps, and it's and I always forget though. I, I gotta say I do always seem to forget about this train scene. I always forget about the ambulance scene in Con Air. I think about, I forget about the chase scene in The Rock. Like, they're, they're just random action scenes in movies that I often have to be reminded of. Yeah. but It's almost, movie, it's almost like they kind of feel tacked on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a rewrite or, I mean, but if you think about it, Jeff Daniels died. So in any other movie, if this was like a buddy cop movie, they'd be split up and he would go after Hopper. But there's no one left. So of course Keanu has to take care of them. So they have to sort of what, like smash them together for a, a, a runaway train scene that John Voight would be proud of. He's done two great train movies, by the way, but it's, yeah, it's, I think they just had to smash them together on a train with one of the weirdest killing lines ever. Uh, Did you know that um, in the original script, uh, Jeff Daniels is supposed to be the bad guy. Whoa. He was supposed to be the secret villain. Oh, that's like some Moriarty stuff right there. Yeah. And then we took that idea and we transposed it to something dumber, which is Max, <laughs> uh, Max Buddy, what is his name? Woodward? Yeah. Nor- Norwood, Norwood. Is, Norwood is this the mo- secret mole on the inside of the police. <laughs> the force. tall He's white the police officer villain. that's always behind Mac with the mustache. like With the porn stash. As, as, yeah. as we were watching it, it's like he never seems to react to anything and he always, if he does, he kind of seems disappointed when something goes well. Like, is he... Is are he and Payne working together, and he's just trying to like push the police off into like this little way, like where he keeps trying to screw stuff up, you know? Because like when they're like getting people off the bus, he's in the background, kind of like okay, and like you know, yeah. And they, it's so funny. Roger and I came up with a whole uh, Norwood conspiracy that he's the secret mole, and then uh, him and Payne will like meet up, you know, for uh, fruity drinks somewhere, and then one of them is drawn, you know, Western Showdown. <laughs> one of them's drawn on what the other to get that three point seven. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is what happens, as I'm sure you know, when you break down a movie a minute at a time, you just start being like, but what if this? And then you can start justifying, you're like, look how we looked at him. Like, you know, I mean, he doesn't seem happy. <laughs> Speed, but in a tank. I have a, I have a general <laughs> question for the two of you, which is this is the minute where we find out that, in fact, just like before, this subway is headed for a part of the track that isn't finished. 
So yeah, do they left. finish roads in Los Angeles? Like we got freeways no. that are unfinished, we got tracks that are unfinished. Like they're it's the only same. half finished construction projects. So my question <laughs> for the two of you is: Do you like that plot? Does it feel like fun or overdone? It's beautiful. It's it's so silly. Like it's just it's not done. The road's not done. Like and it, it, that's such a yada yada moment too that creates some tension. You're like oh well, they're gonna jump. Like they have to. So like. It, uh, why not? I, I love that trope. I think it's because these action movies, to me, they don't take place in this world. It's like Last Action Hero. They take place in a action world where people have cans in strollers, where buses can fly, where you know tires blow out and can still ride. Like that's. I think it's it's not this world. So I think in this world there are so many unfinished tunnels just for <laughs> scenes like this to happen. Yeah, I mean. I like that answer. I, I like that answer a lot. And thank you for invoking Last Action Hero because that's a that's a that's one of those movies I've watched in the last year where I was like, "Damn, this movie is still good. Like, it's so much fun." Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was just like an easy. I would say in the '90s, you know, like because as Roger stated, like they they it was supposed to end at the airport when like Jack and Annie like get off the sled, and the studio was like, "No, we need more." And so they wrote this and it felt like someone just went like, okay, well, what if they go down and they do a subway and then there's like a, we do a jump cause there's unfinished track and they're like, that seems familiar. Like, nah, we've never done it. And, uh, it just seemed like a, like a, like, they're like, we didn't get the result we wanted to with the bus when that jumped the gap. So now we're going to do some destruction or, you know, some, some cool effects, like some big action stuff right here at the end with this thing, because subways aren't finished. To Jared's point, our guest last week, he didn't know Los Angeles had a subway. So clearly they don't have a finished subway. And listen, it's because of those rewrites that we had what, what Sesums come in and just build a one half, like the, probably like it's miniatures, but I call them maximatures. Yeah, the, maximatures. these miniatures are great. We're oh, going to let's um, we'll talk a lot about that when we okay. get to Thursday's show, because that's really when the models like I, we haven't. I don't think we've actually seen any models yet. Um, Copy that. But we're definitely going to get to the part like once once we start heading into this unfinished subway station. Um, yeah, I've, I have a lot of stuff I want to talk to about. I'll talk about that. Yeah, as a miniature nut. Yeah, I'm excited for that. That's going to be really good. But also, you know, like, I, uh, yeah, but no. So I don't have a question. When you first watched this, was Keanu a breath of fresh air for you? Were you expecting a lot out of Keanu? Uh, um, me? I, yeah. When I when I watched this movie, I'm sure I watched this movie in high school because I would have been a senior in high school this year. Um, and I don't know. I think I think I I never really came of age in those steroid filled action movies from the 1980s. So like for me, like this is what you know, this is kind of the way uh, an action movie should go. Got it. You know, I was more of a MacGyver guy than a Commando guy. And I was more <laughs> of a Van Damme on TBS on Saturdays guy. It was Bloodsport and Double Impact all the time. TBS, the Superstation, <laughs> every Saturday. Oh, yeah. Van Damme's the best because he would just get beat up for about 10 minutes and then rally and come back. Yeah. And just destroy people. He was like I, he he was one of the first impressions I ever learned how to do because I don't uh, know if I I do voiceover for film, television, radio, Mark, and so I do a lot of celebrity impressions as well. But he was like one of the first guys that I because it made my mom laugh. 
because she used to like my dad was in radio so he would be gone friday saturdays like doing like football you know basketball games that sort of stuff and so she would rent movies from the you know from the from the grocery store back when that was the thing and she would rent van damme movies and i would hear this guy talking and i was like oh he talks different than you know there's Schwarzenegger, he's from Austria. Stallone, you know, he was dropped on his head as a kid or whatever. And Van Damme is uh, the muscles from Brussels. His first language is French. His second language is German. His third language is English. And he learned it when he moved to America. So, like, that's those rhythms and those things that, like, Arnold still has it as well. Like, But, like, when you're transposing the sentence structure from another language to English, that's why, you know, like, when Van Damme talks, like, he has a very certain rhythm even now because he he doesn't speak english the most he speaks french the most because he travels the world and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and so he's always trans so he has those uh you know those moments where he uh how do you say and now I, and now i make the point you know like <laughs> you know that sort of thing but yeah, yeah. i thought his third language was pain <laughs> no it's his fourth language <laughs> Because of the splits. <laughs> you know, I wrote, like, I wrote a 2,000-word article about how Chong Li lost the final fight in Bloodsport on purpose. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I did do you still have that? Of, yeah, I'll send it y'all away. I oh, my God, please do. I would love to read that. Bloodsport yeah. is the best. Yeah, it broke down all the stats, every fight. Like, I went a very scientific angle on it, <laughs> and I, I, I figured out that Chong Li, I think, lost on purpose. He That's threw it. Why. He threw it for Frank Dukes. I mean... The, yeah, we'll talk off air. Or okay, we'll talk later. Yeah. So you don't have to edit That's a whole this. other podcast. <laughs> but also Blood on Bloodsport movie. <laughs> but how about Joe Morton too? Like I, between this and Executive Decision, he's in some pretty great explosive films. Well, know, that which, and and T two. Yeah, T two just so much explosions. And also C four. I was just watching Rush Hour the other day. C four seemed like it was everywhere in the nineties. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, and, which which brings me to a point that I think I sort of made at the top of this episode, like. Boy, this bomb vest is easy to disarm. <laughs> yes, it is. Like, yeah. Like, J- Jack Jack had to basically risk life and limb to try to, like, unsheath the cable from the bomb on the t- bottom of the bus. And here it's like, oh, I'll just pull out this wire and everything's fine now. Yeah. Yeah. Because Well, Jeff be Daniels isn't if, there, so he, he can't he can't phone a friend. He's We got to make it easier for our hero. <laughs> the red wire. But do you think that would have been too much? Because it's, like, just another bomb? <laughs> so so then it's just all right bloop it, it kind of subverts bomb expectations a little bit but it did go off really easy yeah it, it and it's so funny because like i do like the little moment between him he's like holding the his rc car uh you know bomb bomb switch <laughs> and like he pulls it and he like looks at it for a second and he's like all right cool and then like just chucks <laughs> <laughs> well when the red light goes off you know, uh, Howard Payne only makes bombs with like really prominent red lights. That is true. So when the red light goes true. off, you know that you're safe. <laughs> That's a good point. Red is dead. Um, and just and also Morton, he plays what uh, Sergeant Campbell, Cappy Matheny, and then in, in this one, Captain McMahon. So I like his M, his M skills on moving vehicles that are going to explode. <laughs> He's cornered the market on that. Which executive de- executive decision is a guilty pleasure. Oh, it's 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 a wonderful pleasure like watching seagal eat it <laughs> that's the best you're the like best. wait i remember being in the theater going what just happened and did not that, just the like, sandwiches did, did that just happen like, i was like because he wipes everybody out in every single movie he's in he just destroys people it's nothing yeah and then and he's, he's gone dies. in like what the first 10 minutes or something in that movie 
Yeah, he just yeah. eats it. And then it's, it's up to shocking. Cody Russ and Holly Berry. Holly Berry was almost in this. She was almost in two runaway explosive movies. Yeah, we talked about how she turned down the part. She <sighs> declined to audition for the part of Annie. <sighs> but this was perfect casting. These two, they're just so, man. I remember watching this when I was 12 and just going like, you better get that bomb. You better stay with her, man. I was like, you don't jump off this thing. Like I was, I was like, all right, all right, Keanu. We've we've said multiple times on this show. We we've got a my girlfriend makes fun of me. She goes, "How was your Sandra Bullock fan club meeting today?" <laughs> because we we are very complimentary. Because she does so much good stuff. She's cute. She's fun. She's sassy. She's whatever. Like it's just perfect. Sandy B. Perfect. Sandy B. This whole movie, and she's just she's just a delight. And uh, and you could see how. A police officer disarming a bomb on a bus could fall in love with a gal like that. <laughs> yeah, and like she's just cool. Like I, you hadn't seen much of that either. The two of them had this like really just cool relationship. It, like, they she have wasn't like, good chemistry. Yeah, like she wasn't overly like it was the nineties too, so it was hor- horrifying to a lot of women. So like she wasn't horribly like over sexualized. Like they just treated her cool. Like I'm not saying she she was maybe like a manic pixie bus driver, but. Yeah, this is like a super cool character, and like that felt everything. A lot of things about this movie felt pretty fresh to me, even though I can never remember the the train scene. But then I see it, and I'm like, hey, this is good. And that dude got. Mark, did you um did you find it in your research that the two of them were like secretly both like crushing on each other, and they were too afraid to tell each other? Yeah, yeah. Keanu was what saying that on the Ellen show, and then if Ellen only. was, and then she was too busy saying that she was like, are you happy I turned down the role, Sandra? to that and yeah i mean well why not you could see by their and you can tell like there there's certain background like there's certain photos of them like on set and that sort of stuff and like or or even like during like the red carpets and stuff for this movie you can just tell like physically their smiles around each other you can just tell that you know they're smitten for each other for sure like they oh that son of a gun hey mark Here's something that I like to bring up with guests, and especially she since, deserved better uh, than that. Since you're, you're a filmman uh, of some uh, a renowned uh, Sandra Bullock, Bionic Showdown. Have you seen it? It was a made-for-TV movie with the six million dollar man and the Bionic woman, and it was like she got like like nanotechnology no, bionics. Bionic Showdown, and and you know, unassumingly to her. And then she ends up ha- having to help save the day against the evil villain oh who gosh. wanted the bionics. And, like, you know, her unassuming personality makes her robotics work in a different way where she wins. <laughs> and, of course, it's Steve Majors, you know. And uh, I forget I forget the, the, the lady's name, but you know what I'm talking about with the bionics and, and all that, right? Yeah? Six million dollar man? Yeah. It was a made-for-TV movie. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and so like, yeah, exactly. And so yeah. like, when I uh, oh, she is a runner, yes, exactly. And so like, when I saw this movie oh, for the first time, like, I have this weird association thing where it's like the I first thing I saw somebody in. That's what it's like. No matter what they're in afterwards. So it's like this. I was like, oh, it's a girl from the uh, the Bionic movie. She's in Speed. That's cool. And then like, you know, Miss Congeniality. Like my mom loves that movie, and I'm just like. I was like, yeah, but remember she was in the Bionic movie? And the, or Seth Green is always the... Seth Green and Jack Black are always the dudes from Airborne for me. So, so like, when I... So, like, when... Yeah, like, can't hardly wait, Seth Green, and then, like, you know, obviously oh, Austin yeah. Powers and, like, oh, all yeah. the, his, his oh, run in, like, movie. the late 90s. I was like, yeah. dude, it's a guy from Airborne. That's amazing. And same, same with Jack Black. I was like, I was like, Tenacious D? Like... The airborne guys in Tenacious D, that's cool. <laughs> For me, he's Waterworld. I'm like, that's the guy from Waterworld. 
I've always wanted to roller skate down a hill, but I, I, I can't even stand on a roller skate. So, or no, roller blades. My apologies. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. But I've, yeah, well, ah, good old. Th- hey, Raj, we get to see our old pal, the Schiff, unfortunately, still dead. Still, I was yeah, going to mention that. Did you notice, Mark, who yeah, still, our, tra- yeah, who our subway driver in is one, in this movie? What, and what, three years later, he's getting ripped apart by T-Rexes. So he, he has some pretty good. He has some pretty good. That's that's what our guest last week right. said. Deaths oh this yeah, guy. and he can walk and talk. So he's got skills. Yeah, I want to be. Yeah, there. I uh, I that that was one of our pop quizzes last week. Like name any other movie that he's in, and we had I had to throw out the Psych, which is one of my favorite shows because it, you know, a it's hilarious, but Dulé Hill is a tap dancer. I'm a tap dancer, so it's like, you know, the the six degrees of Schiff. Uh, Robert Schiff, uh, or uh, he was in yeah the Psych Two movie. He like played like an evil doctor, and <laughs> that's how I got the answer right. I was like, Psych Man. I was I was like I couldn't think of anything else that he was in, and then Jared was like, T Two or, or uh, uh, Jurassic Park Two. He gets ripped in half like by Mama and Daddy T Rex. Trying and... to save people for taking a baby T Rex on a in a vehicle. He gets, he gets and they weren't having it. And he does a good dead. He does a good dead body in this. Very selfless move. <laughs> he does He does a good dead. That's the name of the episode. He does a good dead. He does dead. a good dead. And yeah, I've had he to play a couple a dead, dead bodies in, in shows. So yeah, okay, I, I could have learned something from him. I should have studied this movie closely, a little bit more closely, and my, my dead bodies could have been better. Yeah, great. I feel like J- Jack and Annie, the only line in this minute that kind of sticks yeah. out to me is when Jack says, we have to jump. Like, how exactly are they going to jump off a subway well, he does moving say, 55 miles an hour? So that's good. At least he prefaced it. <laughs> I don't believe this. Wait, there so no, there's how, no how way they're going to survive. How? Well, yeah. Well, here's the deal. Painfully. The track isn't finished, which means there's a ramp at the end of it, and obviously. There's not going to be a parade. <laughs> you know, there's not going to be a lot of people on the streets. The, the, the PAs will have it locked up, and we'll be perfectly fine. And we can see yeah. So yeah, that'd be great if he pulls out the script and then reads it to her and then he just oh. puts it back in his pocket. He's like, all right, in three pages, we smooch. All right, let's do this. <laughs> they both look at the camera and Mel Brooks is in the, like, yeah, just. <laughs> oh, yeah, and there's some good blinking light work in this one, too. It's nice. It's nice seeing the e-bike not working. Like, it, it, but it all makes sense. They, they jumped the bus. Now they have to jump the train. Yeah. Yeah, and Max on the radio, he's trying to again offload mm-hmm. people. He he wants to get him off that. He wants to get him <laughs> off the train now. That's our big joke is that like I think four or five, <laughs> six times throughout that after Keanu Reeves has 100% told Mac, "We can't unload the passengers because there's a bomb on the bus." Mac is like, "We got to get those passengers <laughs> off that bus." He's like, "Yeah, no kidding." Yeah, dummy. Yeah, like, I know. Quit telling me. <laughs> That's like Max's goal. Get the passengers off the bus. And then when he does, he rides off into the sunset, and we don't see Mac again. We haven't seen Mac since the freaking bus exploded, basically. And now he's on the radio. Jack, we got to get you off that. We got to get you off right that train. Next to him in another train. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> here. Just I'm here. I'm <laughs> here. I want that movie. Roll down your window. <laughs> Open the door. I can't get her out. She's handcuffed. What? <clears throat> I don't have the key. Hey, uh, use one of the multiple guns. And after you shot that doorway open last week, I don't know. Do do the thing where you shoot the one bullet in between the. 
And you're telling me that like you can't like break the the handcuff. You know what I mean? Like it seems like such. I was like, after all of the stuff we've gone through, handcuffs. Like, yeah. I mean, I, Mark, if Conair has taught us anything, it's there's at least fifteen ways yeah, that you can exactly. jam your handcuffs. I'm I'm not quite sure that Jack and Andy like break really her work. thumb and slip her hand out of it. Let's go. <laughs> you're on a crashing train. Okay. Well, you went to a dark place. I was just thinking they tried to figure out some way to. I was pick like, could the they lock. use the C four? No, like, no, it, I would blow somebody up with that. That wouldn't work. Yeah, well, it's in the it's in the first John Wick movie. Uh, the the Perkins, she like yeah, Keanu handcuffs her, and how she gets out of it, she breaks her thumb, and then I just watched it the other day, uh, and so like that's why I was thinking, uh, because Keanu, and she and then of course John Wick black yet, so she can't dislocate her elbows, and do something, or, or no, her her no her shoulder bl- shoulders, she can't dislocate them and, and kind of wrap herself around like the Exorcist, <laughs> so she can't do that either. Oh, gosh. We've got to. We're gonna we're gonna see some very simple-minded attempts to try to solve this problem on tomorrow's minute. I wanted. Sure. I, I do want to say like we got some really cool set deck like the like that that front like all the all the buttons all the knobs all the switches like it's it looks really good like it looks good for a movie like like when he goes in there and we see Dead Shift like and he takes over we got the bullet holes we got the blood but then like bunch of great knobs and switches he's got the radio that apparently it it it, it out. And like you know, all that sort of stuff. I just, I was just like, great attention to detail for something that kind of doesn't matter, but does. Oh, absolutely, and you I know what say, I mean. I am so happy that his shirt doesn't have a strategic rip in it. Like the costume design is wonderful too. Like if this was Dwayne Johnson, there would be three rips yeah, just, showing his pec abs and a little. like his shoulder blade, like just really strategic <laughs> rips. So there's none of those. Yeah, somebody had a claw glove, and they were just like, tear a shirt. <laughs> just... Do you like his his gray shirt oh my gosh, that used to yeah. be white at the beginning of this I love, movie? like... Keanu's been clean. through it, you know? But, you know, I just... I, I like this. I like this dirty shirt look, and there's not... There's no strategic rip. I really don't like strategic rips. Dirty movies, shirt And this look. one doesn't have it. <laughs> oh, oh, he looks man. at her handcuffs, y'all. Come on now. <sighs> He's... Yeah. I mean, I got nothing else for this minute. We should move on. It's a, it's a sad moment. There's a lot of sad Andy, moments man. this week, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, got to save Sandy B. Mark, you got you got anything else I'm before good. we this do our lovely. pop quiz of the day? Save Annie. Keep her safe. Okay. <laughs> save Annie. Uh, I'll do, I'll do my best. Well, okay. So before we get a chance to talk to you a little bit more about this movie, we have our pop quiz hotshot of the day. So I'm just going to throw the question out, but we're not going to answer it until the beginning of tomorrow's show. And believe it or not, it's a question about handcuffs, which seems to be the topic of the day. So for the two of you to think about before we come back tomorrow. Um, so believe it or not, it's pretty easy f- to get a set of handcuffs. Uh, I'm I'm just saying, uh, not for me, of course, you know, I've just this is for academic research purposes. Um, you can get them from all over the internet. And so my question for you, uh, Bentley, and you, Mark, so Hyatt handcuffs, I think it's a pretty common manufacturer of like police grade handcuffs. I'm talking the ones with a little chain like Annie's wearing right now. How much do you think a set of handcuffs like that typically goes for these days? I did some price checking again, not for me, but just sort of out of my own interest. Give or take, we'll say plus or minus $5 on either side. How much do you think you have to put down for a decent quality set of handcuffs? All right. So that's our question. Ponder that carefully. Um, Mark, on our Monday shows, we like to ask our guests, and you talked about this a little bit earlier, but 
do you have any other sort of memories of like what your first experience was like watching Speed besides I mean, what just, you've already told I us so far? I think I was already used to the Dennis Hopper type villains because of Hans Gruber. But I think mainly it was just the chemistry between Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves that was the game changer. It just felt, you know, this year was the year of like what Stallone and Sharon Stone and like just all like there's never, they, I don't know, they actually sort of felt like equals. I feel like the relationship was pretty earned. She makes a comment about it. You know, like this, you know, things under stressful situations never work. And she's just cool. And like that was one of the first movies where I just sort of I just felt like this is nice. <laughs> I, I really like them together. And I really, I really truly yeah. think this is one of the first times ever that you just I felt that way in an action movie, not like in a rom-com or anything. But I just like them together a lot. And, and uh, she's got great personality. And she also she really to go off of your Stallone thing. In Demolition Man, like the year before, oh, yeah. she 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 yes. really off sort of sets Stallone like in a really great way. Like she's she kind of plays a similar character. Like she's plucky uh, to Roger it up. She's plucky. She's spry. Like she's she's fun to like his seriousness and his sort of like where am I? You know what year am I in? Sort of thing. She's like no, this is all normal. It's fun. And uh, like yeah, she's she kind of <laughs> just because I watch Bob's Burgers a lot. Like she <laughs> I think of her as. Bob's wife. <laughs> All right. She's just always kind of like, yeah. Yeah, just down to hang out. And listen, she is such a good, she was on such a roll in the 90s that everyone watched while you were sleeping, or most 98% of people watched while you were sleeping and was like, that was a nice movie. And then probably years later, they went, wait a second. Wait, so this is a crazy movie, but she's so likable in it that you don't even think <laughs> about the plot. You're like, oh man, Sandy B crushes it. Yeah. And while you were sleeping, and then you watch and you're like, oh no. Oh, ah, oh, get out of there, Bill Pullman. Same with the net. You can forgive. You can forgive a lot of the net just because Sandra Sandy <laughs> B is good in it. <laughs> I was gonna say that, like she she had enough juice in the '90s to survive Speed Two and the Net and still come out on the other side relatively. And unseen. still do Practical Magic and Miss Congeniality, yeah. <laughs> and hopefully, hope flips because of the trailer that uses lightning crashes by live. <laughs> I remember Hope Floats because it's the movie that she made Speed 2 in order to really? I thought you were going to say it would have been. That's why she made Speed 2. She's like, if, if I make this movie for Get you, it, you have to pay for this other movie of mine. <laughs> yeah, there you go. My comedy brain went to. <laughs> I remember Hope Floats because that's the movie that I proposed to Marcy. <laughs> Like you went to the movie what? theater? No, like my comedy. I just started going like it. It would be funny if if Roger reveals after all of these minutes that he proposed in the movie theater at Hope Floats to his wife. I mean Harry Connick. <laughs> I mean, come on now. She's Sandy. She's been making hundred million dollar movies for four decades now. Nineties, two thousands, two thousand tens, and then twenty twenties. Like yeah, she's a she's an A-list wow. boss and. uh she, she this this movie earned her ten years of goodwill, even though she didn't need it. Yeah, yeah. This movie yeah. made her career. People sure. have it. Like, there's I, no I, doubt. I, I know this is weird, but there's some people I think who just can pop on screen, and I think she just pops on screen. I, I think there's just something about certain actors that can, and she did. Yeah. Keanu didn't have to have a British accent, so this is wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, I would commend to you, if you like Sandra Bullock or Keanu Reeves or both, they both have episodes now, as of this recording, which is uh, the end of March, 
They both have episodes on the podcast Smartless, um, which is an amazing celebrity interview podcast. And I would encourage you to go listen to both of them. Both episodes. Did you did you listen to it? I've only listened to about half of the Keanu Reeves episode because it literally came out like two days ago before we started recording this. Right. So I'm working on that one, but the Sandra Buchel episode is great as well. I was so excited when I saw it. I was like, oh, I have to message Roger immediately, which is why you got a message from me at like I four in the morning. It. I was like... Well, Mark, <laughs> listen, before we get out of here, can you just remind our listeners all the places they can see and hear you on the internet? Just everywhere. I'm everywhere, y'all. Movie, Sons of Flicks, Con Air, Deep Blue Sea, Rotten Tomatoes, Fandom, uh, Film Theory, Food Theory, Game Theory. I got a new video coming out tomorrow. I don't know what it is, though, because I sometimes I finish things and it takes a few months to come out. It might be... I watched every Chris movie. Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pine, Chris Pratt, and there's another one. And then I figure out who's the best Chris according to numbers and stats for fandom. So that should... like That's with the Honest Trailers guys. <laughs> that's awesome. So it's that, that'll be out. Yeah, oh, the so Honest Trailers guys. Them. I, love, I love John Bailey. I'm a big fan of him. The, the voiceover uh, guy. Yeah, he's does great. The, like, the, the, the writer's all there. So I do a... a uh, a series called By the Numbers that releases alongside the Honest Trailer. So, yeah, you can check those out. That's very nice. cool. Very good. Well, Bentley, get us out of here. All right. Thank you all for joining us on today's Speed Movie Minute. Make sure that you've uh, subscribed, rated, and reviewed our little show. We're coming to the end. You know, we're we're about to jump out of the subway. But uh, you know, help us game the algorithm and take over the internet. Uh, do you have uh, do you do you have speed facts? Do you have a uh, you know, you got you got jumping facts, speedmoviemen at gmail.com or our Facebook group, Bus2525. And make sure that you're playing along on our Spotify uh, feed and our anchor page with Pop Quiz Hotshot. We're keeping the leaderboards. We got a tally and we're going to tally it all up. And the winner gets to go against me in a curated episode. Very special episode uh, with Roger it's a trivia. It's a trivia nightmare. Oh yeah, let me tell you something right now. Trivia nightmare. All links are in the show notes. We will be back tomorrow with more speed movie minute. But until then, and as always, this ain't no bus stop. <laughs> <laughs>